0: Hey everyone, welcome to Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. I'm quite literally waking up. Today is July 2nd. Welcome to July, cancer season, fuck yes. Um, My birthday is July 15th and it is officially summertime. I am back in the USA. I got back to New York on friday so today's sunday i think i'm gonna put this episode out actually right after i record it so this is quite literally in real time but i got back to america two days ago and i'm not gonna lie y'all we're just gonna jump right into it i had the hardest week one of the hardest weeks of my entire life last week so This is going to be a very emotional episode because I am still processing what happened to me and how I was fooled. I was blindsided. I was used for my visa. And I feel like I could be on 90 Day Fiancé or something. (laughs) But I want to share my story and maybe help someone to avoid what happened to me. And really just move through my emotions and I do that through this outlet of podcasting and writing and I am going to write a blog post about this in more detail. But if you've been following Waking Up for a while, you heard my last episode and I went to Italy, Albania and London in the last two months. So I left for Rome in April. After Rome, I went to Tirana for one month, and my last few days of my European voyage, part two, were spent in England. And Albania definitely is one of my favorite countries that I've visited so far. So, in the last six months, I've solo traveled to six different countries. I've gone to seven, and Albania truly was just deeply moving and touched me. And just, um, amazing amazing country i'm so happy i went so when i was in rome for five weeks from april to may i was doing weekend trips while i was off from nannying and i went to naples i went to bologna and i went to florence and while i was in florence i had met someone that was an albanian living in florence and we met and We spent the whole five weeks, not the whole, but we spent the few weeks that I was in Italy together. Every weekend I would go to visit him in Florence. And this was the first wrongdoing on my part. I have a tendency to overgive To go out of my way for people to overextend myself when people haven't earned it, frankly, frankly, haven't proven that they deserve my time, haven't proven that they're worthy of my trust or my attention, my effort, my energy. And I don't believe that love is something we need to earn, but I do believe that there needs to be some sort of safety established within a relationship before this happens. And... If you don't know any of my story, I went back and forth from Rome several times to visit someone that I thought I was in a long-distance relationship with, but it turns out that they only ever saw me as a friend, and I was like in love with this person. So I should have learned from that to not do that again, right? But then I meet this guy in Florence, and I did the same thing. He worked six days a week, so he couldn't come to Rome on the high-speed train. So I said, oh, let me just go to him. And it was a lot of money to go. From Rome to Florence every week using Train Italia or Italo. was, I spent easily a hundred dollars every weekend to go and stay with him. And I did this because the sex was amazing. <laughs> The sex was so fucking good and eventually i grew to really like him a lot and so for one month we hung out and then i went to albania where he was from and we texted every day he texted me every single day and i wasn't expecting anything to come of this i thought it was just gonna be sex just gonna be hanging out and He was the one that continued talking to me, reaching out to me. And after two months of talking every day to someone, I had very strong feelings for him. I liked him so much. So when he told me that he had a visa to go to London and asked me to go with him, well, I don't know if he asked me. This is another thing I'm going to be completely transparent about. He said he wanted someone to go to London with, and I think that I suggested, oh, I'll go to London with you. I don't know if it was his idea or mine. I'm being completely transparent. I think I did offer to go with him to London if I'm being true with myself, but I can't really remember. But I did this because flying from Albania to New York is like, I don't know, 15 to 30 hours. It's a very long flight. The max I will ever do is nine. Although I've done longer, when I went to Germany and Romania, it was like 13, 14 hours, but I wanted to break up the flight from Albania to London and then from London to New York. It just broke the flight up in half, kind of. So I'd never been to London and I liked him so much that I would have freaking gone to Australia with the kid. Like I, (laughs) I would have gone anywhere with him. I just wanted an excuse to spend more time with him and be with him more. Again, me having the rose colored glasses on. Right. So we talked every day and we planned this trip to London. Not really. It was me planning the whole freaking trip. And the second red flag came when he wanted me to buy the hotel. Now here's the thing. I'm all about equal fucking rights. Okay. I, I I don't think that a man quote unquote should have to pay for everything. Right. I mean, it's nice. I like it personally. I know a lot of women, feminists, whatever, don't want a man to be courteous or chivalrous. I love it. I freaking love it. You can have your own personal preference, but I want a person when i'm married if i get married to a man um i'm bisexual so i'd be open to a woman or a man but if i were to be married to a man right i would want him to be not old school not controlling not whatever but just i don't know go out of his way for me be considerate be thoughtful be generous is nice So the second red flag came when he was expecting me to book the hotel and putting it off, putting it off, putting it off to see if I would book the hotel. I don't know if any of y'all are from London, but shit's expensive, shit's really expensive. And perhaps I would have been more willing to buy us a hotel if I wasn't already going out of my way to fly from Albania to Italy for him because I wanted to just fly from Tirana Airport in Albania to Gatewick, to wherever, in London. Would have been super cheap and easy for me, because I had checked bags. But because this person is apparently so... such a degenerate that they can't take an airplane alone, no offense. He wanted me to fly from Albania to Florence to accommodate him and to accompany him on the plane. My dumbass, I don't know why I agreed to this. This was my third wrongdoing. I said, sure, to make it easy for him, to go out of my way for him. And I was considerate enough to book two planes instead of one, to check bags twice and spend twice the amount of money to fly from Albania to Florence, from Italy to London, to accompany him that I was not willing to, again, then spend an additional $500 on a hotel. Okay. So I said no to that and maybe that made him hate me. I'm not sure, but after that, he started acting very differently. And I do believe in part, I was just used for a buddy to go to London with. And that was the second really red flag. That rubbed me the wrong way. Then he gets us a hotel, right? Maybe a day before we're about to leave for London. Shit was really fucking stressful because I'm a planner. I like to be organized. I like to know where I'm going, what I'm doing in advance. Not OCD style, but... If you're going on a trip to London for four days, you should have a hotel booked maybe a few weeks at least in advance, not a day before. So he buys us the cheapest possible hotel, I think, in all of London. It didn't even have Wi-Fi, guys. It didn't even fucking have Wi-Fi. And (laughs) it was maybe $300 for the four days. Now I get it. I completely empathize. People in Europe make a lot less money depending on where you are in Europe, but specifically Albania, Italy. They work so hard and they really don't make any money. But if it was your idea to go to London, which it was, he brought up London first, you should, at the very least, book the hotel. Okay? So I see him after two months when I took a plane to Florence. And. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to see him because at this point I really liked him, although I was pissed off about the hotel. I forgave it and I'm so happy to see him and he didn't even kiss me hello, okay? And not that he owes me anything, right? But I did feel really deceived. I felt very deceived because he was the one that would call me baby and all these things and I guess I was stupid to be under the impression that this person actually had fucking feelings for me. Because, I don't know, when you treat a girl that way, maybe she starts to think, okay, this person likes me back. Maybe. So, he didn't even kiss me, and he was okay that day, though. Like, we had sex, and... Ugh, the sex, though. Oh, the sex. Ugh, it was so freaking good, always. I think I was stigmatized partially. This is partially my fault. Like, I'm taking full accountability for this. <laughs> full accountability. I'm not placing any responsibility on him, but... After we left for London, this is where things really took a turn. Really took a turn. This person treated me horribly horribly like the worst i have ever been treated i think almost in my life and i've been treated so badly in my life i've been shit on so many times i've been abused i've been fucking violated assaulted raped like all these things i'm sorry trigger warning but i think that this took the top three placement for the worst i have ever felt in my entire life it it might have been worse than hearing at 22 years old that i had fucking cancer like it was terrible that's how bad it was so we get to london and this person just completely changed like i would not have ever liked them had they acted this way out of the gate and i completely understand as someone that is a Domestic violence survivor is someone that's been physically emotionally mentally financially sexually abused That I understand Why women stay in these situations and being removed. I'm no longer in a traumatic relationship. I'm no longer in a um, a Relationship like that and sometimes you can forget how bad things actually were but i understand now why women don't leave women don't leave because the person makes you fall in love with them they're perfect they're great they're amazing for a day for a week for a month for a year and then just like that once they know they got you once they know you're invested once they know you are in love or you care about them they change they switch they turn into this horrible mean cruel monster but by that time they already have you under this spell there you're already brainwashed you're already head over heels for them that you stay they trick you it's like being captured that's what i think it's like a tiger being led into this this cage, right? And by the time the tiger realizes, oh, shit, it's too late. This wasn't real. This was all a game. They're already stuck. That's why women stay. That's why it's not so easy to just leave. So this person for two months that we were talking every day was so sweet, was so great. When we hung out in Florence, it was amazing. He would take me to his restaurant where he worked and he'd give me all this food, this romantic dinners and the best sex ever. And he was actually kind. He was funny. We got along great. I was convinced that there was something there. So by the time this happened two months later and we go on what I thought was gonna be a fun trip together, I was completely blindsided when I realized, oh, fuck. This person isn't who I thought they were. It was like a split personality. I swear it was like someone completely different because had he acted that way off the bat, I would have not liked him. There are moments on this trip in the last week, I hated him. I hated his guts and I don't hate anyone. I don't hate the drunk driver that hit the car and ran over my ex-boyfriend and sped off and got away free. When I could have had a nice freaking lawsuit there, I could have been a millionaire. <laughs> but it's not about that obviously. It was the trauma of being hit by a drunk driver. I didn't hate her. I did, but I forgave her. I don't hate her anymore. I didn't hate the ex-boyfriend that landed me in the hospital. Sure, at one point I did, but I forgave him. I don't hate him anymore. The point is, I don't it takes a lot for me to hate someone. It takes a lot to make me angry. I was so mad. I don't think I'd ever been so upset at any point in my life recently. So we get to London and this person's ignoring me, straight up ignoring my existence on his phone, texting, talking to his friends, on Instagram, scrolling, liking pictures of girls in booty shorts while... There's someone you invited to come with you and spend, comp- and spend time together to keep you company. And I felt so invisible. We would go out to dinner and this person wouldn't even look up at me from his phone once. Not once. He was so consumed and preoccupied with fucking scrolling on damn Instagram and texting his friends. And liking pictures and I don't fucking know. There were so many points when we were together that I felt like complete shit. That I left and got up from the table to cry in the bathroom and he didn't even realize I was gone. Or maybe he just didn't even care. And I don't believe people can make you feel a certain way. I think a lot of how we respond in our behavior is projection as humans, but their behavior definitely activated my deepest, deepest, deepest wound. I I was so triggered for four or five days straight because my wound is feeling unwanted. The worst pain I've ever felt in my life stems from rejection. And for these days that we spent together, I felt so unlovable to my core, just so inherently unlovable. Like I was so invisible and insignificant and unimportant. I felt like I could have disappeared and it wouldn't have made a difference. And I felt so lonely. So lonely, and it only got worse. The first day, he was spending so much time on his phone. And that hurt my feelings because I don't know, guys. Come on, let's be real with ourselves. If you're together with someone, please get off your fucking phone. Not only is it rude as fuck, and I'm not talking about you should never go on your phone, you're not allowed to look at your phone. Okay sending a text message, okay, taking a phone call you have to take, okay, maybe for a few minutes checking your Instagram, but come on now, we're adults, if you're spending time with someone out to dinner or with friends or whatever, please put the phone down, give it a break, you're with a real life human, why are you so disconnected? Why are you so worried about what other people are doing online people that don't give a shit about you? You know how shitty it feels as a woman to go out of my way to be with someone that I really liked, and they would rather be looking at other women online, uh, women that will never know who they are women that will never give them the time of day and don't give a shit about them. He would rather be looking at that than at me. So let's give the phones a break, please. For the love of God, for the sake of your relationships, we are so disconnected from each other. We're so detached from reality. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have an active social media life. I'm an Instagrammer, whatever. But when I'm with people, I put my phone down because I know, I know how important it is to be attentive, to pay attention to people, to make people feel like they matter because you do matter. Your life on TikTok does not matter. And is it worth sacrificing real relationships? for a 10 second reel, like, I just don't understand, but this is a whole nother topic. But anyway, that happened the first day and then the second day, it just got worse. This person wouldn't hug me, they wouldn't touch me, they wouldn't kiss me, they wouldn't sleep with me. And there was so many points where I was lying naked next to this person. And they didn't even look at me. They didn't even look up from their phone. I so badly wanted to be intimate with this person. I so badly wanted him to touch me, to kiss me, to hug me. But he would rather be scrolling on his phone. He didn't even see me once. And I've never felt so invisible in my entire fucking life. I was so excited to see him after two months. I wanted to cuddle with him. I wanted, sure, to have sex with him because I was so attracted to him at one point. And it hurt so bad because here I am putting myself out there so vulnerable and they did not reciprocate. And I felt so alone. (laughs) I felt so rejected. I felt so... Bad about myself. I felt hideous because to be rejected for sex as a woman I get as a man it's hard. It comes with the territory because it's like, oh, men, quote, air quotes, want sex more than women, air quotes. But as a woman, you think here I am next to a 27-year-old guy who's clearly horny as fuck because he's watching all these people, these girls on Tinder and Bumble. And you have that right in front of you, but you don't want it. How disgusting I felt. Okay, he's using me to go to London, but he won't even use me for sex. Like, wow, I'm actually good for nothing. Good for nothing. And then there was times where I tried to hold his hand. He pulled his hand away. He left me to go hang out with his friends. He left me to go hang out with his friends while we were on a trip together. Left me alone. Didn't even invite me to come. That's fucked up, okay? But by the, this point, I was so happy he left me because I felt so lonely in his presence. There was nothing more I wanted than to just be alone. And that is the true definition of loneliness. When you would rather be alone than in the presence of someone because you feel lonelier when you're with them than you do by yourself. And at first I wanted to spend more time together. I was just wishing for another day with him because I didn't think that four days were enough. By the fourth day, I wish there was less time. I was so happy he left me to go hang out with his friends, really. But to not even invite me, it hurt. And then I can't name everything that happened, but he was making comments about my appearance, about my clothes. He was embarrassed to be seen with me. He wouldn't even walk next to me. He was making comments, oh, you walk funny. You're the dumbest person. You're, he, he called me stupid. I spent hours getting ready, doing my hair, doing my makeup. He didn't call me pretty once. And he told me to change my clothes before we left the hotel. Because I have bad fashion. <laughs> and the last night, I made a, a last-ish effort. To reach him. I so badly wanted. To. Have. I don't know. A physical connection with this person. Because by then I realized there was no emotional connection. Right. And the last night. I said to I tried to talk to him. Tried to confront him about why he was being so cold. And so uninterested in me. And I said something along the lines of. Hey, after five times, he finally heard me, finally looked up from his phone. I said, are you in a relationship? Because I just couldn't wrap my head around how this all happened, how this all transpired. No, he wasn't in a relationship. Just gave me a one word answer, no. I was so unbothered by why I would even ask. And then I said, I said, do you not find me attractive or something? Like, is there a reason that you don't want to sleep with me? And he says, yeah, I don't. What are you asking? (laughs) And just to hear that, like, I knew it logically. Yeah, I knew he wasn't attracted to me. Because why else would he not want to be intimate with me for five days straight when we're literally a foot apart in bed and I'm naked and you don't even look up from your phone. And I knew that he wasn't attracted to me, but for him to just say, yeah, you're right, I'm not, crushed me. It crushed my soul. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Really? Not a lot of people will just flat out say that. Yeah, but wow. And then I said, okay. And I turned over. I rolled over on my side and I went to sleep. And that was the lowest moment. I think I've had in a really, really, really long time. And my friends, I've had so many low moments in my life, but this definitely trumps, takes first or second place. Because I tried so hard. I tried so fucking hard to be pretty and good enough for this person. And My mind convinced me that if only I was perfect, if only I was flawless, if only I looked like the girls on Instagram that he was clearly obsessed with more than he was with me, then maybe I would have a chance. Maybe I would stand a chance of him being nice to me. So I tried. I bought new clothes. I got my hair done. I got mesotherapy in my fucking face. (laughs) I spent all this money to try to live up to the standard of what a worthy woman is supposed to look like. And when he shot me down and he told me that even still, I was not deserving of his attention, my heart just shattered, my mind collapsed. What do I do now? I felt so inadequate, so insufficient, so small, so ashamed so embarrassed of putting myself out there and thinking that this person was worth my time, thinking that they were something special. So I left Friday morning and I was so relieved to leave, right? And it was such a shame because London truly is such a beautiful city. And despite everything that happened, I did love it so much. I just wish that I went by myself <laughs> or had another person, to have experienced it with. I was essentially alone the entire time though, really. And it's funny because at one point this person made a comment like, what would you do without me here? Implying that I was so stupid that I would not have been able to handle myself had I been alone. And I know that's false because I've traveled to six different countries by myself in the last six months and They didn't even know how to navigate the public transportation, which I'm not shitting on him for that because six months ago, I didn't know either. But when someone insults your character like that, and if you believe them, even for a second, you think that any of their words hold truth, it can really impact your self-esteem. And I left Friday and I realized I was just used and I haven't felt, you know, as a woman, you kind of get used to feeling used sexually, right? A lot of times as a female, at least I'll speak this way, we're so objectified and exploited constantly that anytime the opposite sex wants to go on a date with you or wants to talk to you, you always think, do they have a hidden motive? Are they trying to Get to know me or trying to get to know my pussy like you never know and we've all been in experiences where we sleep with someone they never talk to us again or whatever but this was different <laughs> this person wouldn't even sleep with me so it, it hit different because one they just wanted a personal photographer to take pictures of them for their instagram which is funny too because i did take pictures of him And he degraded me so bad. You're such a shitty photographer. You don't even know how to take a picture. You don't know how to take anything seriously. Because I was laughing because I was trying to get a good angle and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the best photographer, but for someone to say, is there anything you're good at? And then he posted the pictures on his Instagram anyway. I should tag the guy in the freaking show notes, really. I really should. (laughs) I really fucking should. He deserves it. (laughs) But I was used for that. I, I guess they were good enough to put on his Instagram. I thought I did a good job, but whatever. And then I realized I was used for him to get into London because a lot of people with a visa from where he's from get denied entry. But if you come with an American... They gave him such an easy time because he's, they, the uh, border control realized that we were together and that he had come with someone with a U.S. passport. So they let him in, no problem, when all of his friends had either been denied or had been interrogated and had trouble getting through the border. So he did use me for that as well. And man, it went right over my head. I never thought that. I never thought that would have happened, really. Because my feelings got the best of me, as they do. But here's what I want to close with. Although this is a very low moment of my life, my confidence, my dignity, any pride that I might have had left in my body, which wasn't much, stripped away, this truly was a breaking point for me. This was a rock bottom, a rock bottom, and I needed it so bad. Because now I'm finally done. I'm finally done. I needed to hit this rock bottom, even though it's such a painful place to be sometimes that's what it takes for our eyes to finally open because for months my therapist was saying lauren you have a sex and love addiction please stop dating he didn't say it like that but essentially men are my drug of choice bad men unhealthy dysfunctional toxic abusive men like this are my drug of choice and in april when my trip started and I got rejected by ramen noodle. Then a month later, something happened with another guy and then this, and I realized, wow, the universe is hitting me over the head with this same person, different face, the same lesson. I feel like I've had my heart broken more times this year than any time in my life. I've cried more times this year than I have in a really long time. And it's become so apparent to me that this is the work. This is where I need to focus to heal. This wants to be healed so bad. That's why it keeps coming up so painfully. So apparent, so clear. So I deleted my Tinder. I'm not dating for the foreseeable future because I need, I need to really, 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 really hone in on this. I can't do this again. I won't. I can never feel like that again. I won't. I'm hurting myself. Trying to love these people, breaking my own back, trying to carry them. And this person, devalued me so intensely. They said, why are you always smiling? Why are you so happy? Why are you always laughing? As if it was a bad thing. And I've been told this many times before by people that tend to be this way. They hate my light. (laughs) They hate my positive energy. They hate that I am so loving. I don't know if it's because they hate themselves or what, but they're so wounded too. And it's like a trauma bond, right? My wound attracts their wound. It's magnetic, it's a manifestation. But I won't let people take that away from me. I've been called naive and dumb and gullible my whole life. Because no matter how many times I've been hurt, no matter how many times people have broken my heart, no matter the intense, incredible amount of pain I've felt throughout my life, I will not stop being a good person. I refuse. People tell me all the time, you need to be mean. You need to be an asshole. You need to start being rude. You need to start treating people the way they treat you. No, I will not. I will not do that. I will not become the type of person who hurt me. I will not transform into a person full of hatred and cold, closed heart. I have every reason to, I have every excuse to. If someone has any reason or excuse to turn into a piece of shit and be mad at the world, it's me, but I will not stoop to that level. I will not become poisonous. I will not feed into the darkness of this world. I will continue to be kind and I will continue to be good. And I will continue to smile even though I want to cry because I want to be good. I can't be bad. I can't be mean if someone paid me. You cannot fight fire with fire. An eye for an eye only makes the world blind as they say. And what's that saying? It's like the poison. If you try giving other people poison, you'll die or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm talking about. And this doesn't mean that I'm going to continue getting into situations like this. I need to work on my boundaries. I need to work on my self-respect. But I will choose to stay pure. because I know how bad it feels to be treated like you're nothing. And I will never wanna make someone feel that way, even if I could, because that's not power. People feel powerful by taking power away from others. But that's a false sense of control. And that's frankly where so many of us are misguided and wounded. We take power or we give away our power. But I don't feel bigger by making someone else small. I've been there and I choose to love. I choose to be kind to people, even if they don't deserve it. And this isn't saying to give in or to allow people to abuse you. But to remove yourself, silence is often the most powerful tool, right? Assertion. Saying no. Letting go. So where do I go from here? Well, this trip was so difficult. People think, oh, you took 10 weeks of vacation. Lucky you must have been so relaxing. Fuck no. This was the hardest work I've ever done in my life. My friend Tiffany called it spiritual CPR. That's what I feel right now. I can only go up from here. That's the beautiful thing about a rock bottom is there's no place to go, but up my loves. So for one, no more dating apps, no more seeking external validation from other people. No more looking, no more getting gratification from talking to someone or fucking someone. I choose to be by myself right now. I choose to heal. And as for this person, well, I think I have some forgiveness work to do around this when I'm ready, mostly for myself. He was really just a mere reflection of everything going on inside of me. but I will not allow him back into my life. Not that he wants to be in my life. I'm sure I'll never hear from him again, but that's a good thing. That really is a blessing because I don't want someone like that in my life. Can you imagine? I felt so bad because of how this person treated me with what they said, what they did, what they didn't do. But I think about what kind of person he is. The way people treat you doesn't reflect your value. I let his behaviors define my worth. But that's false. You are deserving of goodness and love and kindness. And if someone else is refusing to give that to you, think about it. I said, Lauren, he used you. What kind of person is he? He's a miserable person. You don't want someone like that in your life. That says so much more about him than it does you, baby girl. And think about it, for you too, any other situation or circumstance you're going through in your life, whether you've been abused or cheated on or betrayed, whatever. Think about the source of where it's coming from because people that do that to people that hurt people that treat people that way are not in a good state of mind. They're not well. And instead of being jealous, Oh, there's, he must be seeing or talking to someone else. I feel so sorry for that poor girl that really he chose to, that he chose to believe is worthy enough of his time. I wish I could warn her. I wish I could tell her what I know now. Run, baby girl, fucking run. And I feel sorry for him, I really do. Because he had someone that really saw something in him that was never there, he was never special. Really, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt and I saw something in him that really was me. I saw goodness, I saw light, I saw love in him. That was all me. That was coming from me. I saw my goodness, my light, my love. Because what we see in others is really ourselves. It's really ourselves. (sighs) But it's okay. It's going to be okay. I know. I know. I'm trying to see this as an opportunity. This was, he was a teacher. Bringing me closer to where the healing work is. And how much better I'll be because of it. I want to end by sharing a vision I had. So we're on the tube, I think as they call it, the subway. And I'm looking at this man, this boy rather, and I'm looking up at him. And I'm looking at this man that will never love me, will never approve of me, will never accept me, will never see me. And I have a thought and I just think, please love me. Please see me. Please let me be enough for you. And I look away and I look straight forward at the empty seat on the metro in front of me. And I see myself. I see myself as a five-year-old little girl with her hands in her lap. And she's looking up and she's looking around and she's so lost and she's so confused. And she looks at me and she says, please love me. Please accept me. Please let me be enough for you. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) It was never him. It was never him. It was never his love that he wanted. It was my own. It was my own acceptance. It was my own approval. It wasn't that I was invisible to him. It was that I was invisible to me. And that shifted me. That stung because here's this little girl and all she ever wanted. All she ever needed was to be wanted by me. And so I sought out people that would never want me. And in turn, that made me feel so worthless. But really, it was never their love that I needed to get. It was my love I needed to give. I felt so lost after this. I felt, oh shit, I'm right back where I started, alone, confused. <laughs> but no, I'm better than where I started. In April, I was a completely different person. It's crazy how these solo trips transform me. And I remember my cousin asking me when I was telling her about how I feel like I'm developing from the last six months, taking all these solo travel excursions and things. And she said, so what are you gaining from it? I said, well, I feel like I'm healing a part of myself. I feel like I'm getting a better relationship with myself. I'm really connecting with the world. I feel just so on purpose and fulfilled and joy. And she's like, so what? are you getting from it? Like, I don't understand, are you getting more money? Are you, you know, getting career development? And I thought that is so sad. Monetarily, physically, I'm not getting anything from this besides maybe a nice sunset photo, right? But internally, I have gained so much. I have transformed and grown in the last six months more than I think any other period of my life. It's like on crack, like high speed. (laughs) I would totally recommend a solo trip, even if it's for a weekend, my friends. Be alone, get off your phone. The connection, the magic, the awe, the inspiration, the reward, the deep meaning that I have obtained through doing this work is priceless. It's more than any raise or new job will ever get me, I think. I feel so... at one. Whole. Broken. Sure. Shattered. Completely. Split in half? Absolutely. But at peace? Yes. Grateful happy even. It could all coexist with the pain and the longing and the heartbreak. I feel heartbroken. I feel lost. I feel defeated and confused and disappointed and humiliated even. But I feel so blessed. I feel so okay. I feel such love all at the same time. And I'll let that be enough for now. So thank you so much for joining me today. I would love to hear your thoughts, if you resonated or aligned with this episode. If something similar happened to you And again, in no way am I sharing this to shit on people from these countries or people that are so desperate for a better way of life that they use people in this way. I can have compassion and sympathize for that. It's a terrible place to be. And I can only imagine what's going on in their state of mind, you know, that they feel the need to completely walk all over other people to get ahead. I've been there, but this is really just to bring light and to connect with other people that are experiencing the same thing and to let you know that you're not alone and together we're stronger and you are brave, you are courageous and you are worthy and you are deserving of all the love that you give to other people. Please try to turn that inward and give yourself a little extra love in today. Some grace, some patience, some presence. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti, and you can check out my website, my blog, where I'll be posting more about this topic. Every month I have a new blog post and travel vlog. So check that out. I'll link that in the show notes. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. So much love and light. I hope you have an amazing week.